Carolina Hurricanes produced 12 goals in two games over the weekend. Friday's part of the weekend, right? Uh, first one in Arizona on campus. Hey, we just brushed off 6-1 over Arizona because the Coyotes are a shell of an NHL team before the trade deadline dispersion. But when you send two of your top four defensemen and uh, a uh, what your third-line center, a big physical center, when you send them out, you're going to be different, and they were. But last night at PNC Arena against the, in theory, angry Tampa Bay Lightning, 6 nothing in what I believe was the best defensive performance I have ever seen from a Rod Brindamore coach team. I think that's a different beast. Let's talk about it with Corey Lavalette of the North State Journal and The Athletic. Is it fair to determine or to declare that as the pinnacle of defensive performances under Rod Brindamore? It's either that or the post-double injury David Ayers game, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right, sure. I think it's, it's one of those two. I mean, like... It's an NHL, uh, I can't even call it an NHL record because I don't know if, it, if you would declare it a record. First time in the NHL this entire season that any team had been held without a shot on goal for an entire period. And I realize it's picking nits to say, well, the, the Brandon Hagel's shorthanded try off the post doesn't count as a shot, but it doesn't. But they, that was the first scoring chance of the game. For Tampa. Yeah, it was a pretty dominant performance. And I mean, you know, it's not that, you know, you mentioned Arizona earlier and yeah, they're, they're plucked pretty, pretty bare right now, but that's a team that still plays hard too. And then yesterday, you know, Tampa's a team that's, that's in a little bit of trouble right now with how they're playing. And I think, I think we all expected a, something out of them given that John Cooper had kind of ripped his team after the game the night before in Buffalo. But instead the hurricanes just absolutely smothered them. And uh, it was a really, really dominant performance that I'm, I'm sure the coach, uh, the coach was very enamored with. You know, here's what's interesting. And Cooper did. He, um, he said after the game in Buffalo, he said that I always put the best players on the ice who I think give us the best chance to win and he said, I didn't believe that they gave us the best chance of winning. Steven Stamkos, going to the Hall of Fame. Nikita Kucherov, going to the Hall of Fame. Braden Point, huh, certainly trending towards going to <laughs> going to the Hall of Fame. And, you take those, and they're all still really great players. Take those three guys off the ice because they don't uh, give us the best chance of winning was sending a message to them that we need more. And then we go to this game, and it looks... It looks the same, but you knew that Tampa was going to try. But I thought it was as good a game in puck support and uh, communication and just awareness. Every time you thought Tampa had a chance, there was a body or a stick in the way from Carolina. And, and there were good saves. I mean, I, it, I think yeah. it's the first time I've ever seen a game where the goalie pitched a shutout and didn't get named one of the game's three stars, <laughs> which to me was pretty shocking but you know freddie made some very nice saves too you know especially in that in that third period uh but yeah i mean overall it was uh it was a clinic totally and uh a team that kind of i think showed everybody that hey we may not have added the shiniest new thing to our to our christmas tree for the 
right. for the stretch run, but they think they got better with the guys they added, and we haven't even seen one of them yet. But obviously, you know, Shane Gossespierre is not going to average two points a game the rest of the season. But, Probably not. Uh, obviously, he's a fit. He's a fit, and uh, the power play has jumped all the way jumped all the way to 13. I know. I just looked at that. Uh, and <laughs> is ahead of the Devils, within a percentage of the Rangers, within a percentage point of the, the Avalanche, yep. within a percentage point of Dallas. Like, you know, all this concern, and it just shows how, you know, and this is kind of what I've preached all along to people who are worried about the power play. As long as you're not in the, you know, bottom five of the league, terrible, the, the big key is getting hot at the right time. Right. And, I mean, th- this might not be the right time yet, but at least there's a glimmer of, okay, this guy we added is, uh, you know, going to give us a boost. Yeah, what, what what I have said was it doesn't even matter where you're ranked. If your power play can click, Corey Lavalette from The Athletic and North State Journal is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. If your power play can click at about 22.5%, split the difference between 20 and 25 and look, Edmonton, where they are, almost 32% is on a different level, a different planet. But where Tampa is at number two, just over 25%, if you can split the difference between that and 20, and that is your playoff power play percentage, that's fine. If you score once, one, you know, one out of every four or five times you get the man advantage, the, the key, and the key for them, is avoiding what has happened to them in the last four playoff exits, which was that the other team's power play, whether it's the Rangers last year, Tampa the year before, or Boston the other two years, they've just been destroyed by those power plays. So avoid that, and you should be okay. Uh, so you don't think that Shane Gostisbehere will direct a power play operating at 78% the rest of the way? Is that what <laughs> no, you're saying, probably. Corey Lavalette? No, probably not, but... Uh... He's a threat, you know. I mean, yeah. you see what he can do. He's not, you know, he's not only a, a, a good mover of the puck, he can really shoot the puck. And then he walks the line, yeah. you know, better than just about anybody in the NHL. I mean, it's he's right up there among the elite guys who can, you know, cross over, carry that puck along the blue line to create shooting lanes. And that's invaluable. I mean, even when he's not scoring goals, you know, the hat trick goal by Terabinen is because he, you know, gets to the middle of the ice you know, get yep. the pass back and get the shot that rebounds right right to Teravinen. Oh, there's there's no question. He actually, in, a, in kind of a strange way, reminds me of a, uh, he's a former flyer, Shane Gostas Bear, but he reminds me of a current flyer, Tony D'Angelo, and his ability to move laterally quickly enough to create shooting lanes. It's really not one of Brent Burns' strengths. Burns has w- so many other strengths. And I think Burns has developed as the year has gone on. He's just gotten better and better. Uh, but he does not move laterally as well as Goss Despair. And if you can do that, you create the movement, and then the defense has to react, and all of a sudden there's all sorts of lanes up. The other part of this, and this will be the opportunity for you, because uh, you and I had a, a long text conversation uh, a couple of days ago, uh, and I'm not saying you're wrong, by the way. I, I don't think I, I don't know that I'm wrong either, but I'm certainly not saying you're wrong. Only time will tell. Um, yes, Barry Kotkaniemi has been on one uh, last 21 games, 17 points overall. He had five points yesterday, so it's a little bit concentrated. Uh, but six goals, 11 assists in his last 17 games or last 21 games. And my question all along was, can he be a second line center? And 
I mean, he certainly that line is certainly produced of late. Yesterday helps, but they've been good. Yeah, and you know, he doesn't have to be the guy that drives that line. I think that's what, you know, some people lose sight of a little bit is you know, it's okay if he's the third most productive point producer on a line like that. I mean, it's a there's a lot of talent there. Obviously, Table Terramine is is playing his best hockey right now. You know, even if we put aside the hat trick yesterday, uh, and Martin H has been, you know, amazing all year. So he doesn't have to be this, uh, you know, this driving force there that carries the line. He just needs to be smart defensively. He need, He's a very good passer. He's, yeah. you know, very good with, with his lateral lateral passes, moving the puck side to side. We saw it on the the play where Vasilevsky turns the puck over. He quickly gets the puck to Natchez, yeah. who then passes to Terabinen for the tap-in, but that play doesn't happen without Kokinemi, and people knock secondary assists, but that creates a goal right there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, what I like about about Jesperi is I think he's physical. He's getting stronger. He's got a bit of snarl to him that gets lost in this big smile he's got on his face all the time and, uh, you know, has just really been playing well. And he, for whatever reason, you know, there weren't points there for him. And I don't think he was playing, you know, as well as he is now, but I still think he was playing well when he was centering uh, Natchez and Svechnikov. But uh, right now it's clicking for him a little more. Uh, I don't know how many five point nights he has, in him, but, um, but I think I think you know I think he's a second line center. I really do, especially when you put him with with really really elite wingers like this. And even if in the long haul we look five years down the road and he's a third line center yeah. instead, that's okay. Like it's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and, and personally, I think that's what he is—a third line center. Uh, but. If the Hurricanes can develop somebody that slots between Ajo and him, uh, that would be really good. And who knows? Maybe ultimately that's Martin Natchez will uh, will cross that bridge down the road. It won't be this year. I'm pretty sure of that. Rod Brindamore like doesn't want to move him from where he is. And I will bring. This is where I'll bring in Martin Natchez. And final thing for Corey Lavalette. Here's where uh, I think you and I depart on what the Hurricanes did at the deadline. In my opinion. They thought that Natchez would be more the Natchez of two years ago than the Natchez of last year. They thought we would see Jarvis take a a step up, and he still might. But they still went out and got Max Patchy ready. And I know the price was right. But they still felt the need to add somebody who could score because they recognized that in the postseason that was a problem. And when Max Patchy ready went down, they chose not to replace him for whatever the reason. They chose not to replace him. And that's where I felt like they kind of let their uh, let their wallet. And it's not a cheap organization, but they won't make a trade in March that they wouldn't also make in July. And I think maybe this team, particular team, deserved that player. Well, I mean, I think what we need to preface this with is that they did try to go get that guy. They tried. They They tried the one guy. You know, they tried to get Timo Meyer. It wasn't that they didn't make a push to get a guy that they thought was a fit for them. But then you go after that, and it's like, who do you go after? You know, you could go after James Van Riemsdyk. Is he Mm. worthy of playing in your top six compared to what they have there right now? No. Mm, Probably not, you know, especially the way that top line is playing. I think 
you know, you just mentioned Seth Jarvis, and, you know, he's not piling up points by any means, but that line is generating a ton for yeah. now. Um, and, you know, if, if that second line's going, too, with Kokinemi, then all of a sudden, you know, what you're adding is a fourth liner because there's no way Rod is taking apart that third line. So <laughs> Right, yeah. You know, you make room for Timo Meyer, but who else do you make room for? You know, if you're if you're looking at the guys who are available out there, and everybody loves, like I said, you know, I mentioned in the beginning, everybody loves the shiny new object. And you look at the Rangers, and they're like, "Oh my God, they got Tarasenko! Oh my God, they got Patrick Kane!" Those guys don't play any defense, any defense at all, and it's going to be a problem for them. You know, they're we're going to run into spots now. Could they outscore teams, and could they? You know, have their goalie carry them in the postseason? Certainly. They, they certainly could. But that's not the way this team plays. So it, it becomes a matter of who can you get that's good enough that you think belongs ahead of the guys you have or, you know, can play on the fourth line and contribute that way. And what they ended up doing was saying, well, you know, we already have two guys with double-digit goals on defense this year. Why don't we add a third? Because uh, that's where their, you know, that's where their shot generation comes from. It comes from the point. And then they added Puyarvi, who we'll see how he fits in. But, um, you know, I think he's an upgrade on the fourth line for now. And, you know, if things go well for him, maybe he sees power play time. And if Rod is disheartened with a certain player at a certain time, maybe he gets a, a bigger chance. But I think for now, you know, he's a fourth liner who, if, if he sticks around, could maybe he replaces Jesper Foss after this year. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think the hard part is is to go get something just to get something. and then, But then when you think about the logistics of it all and where do they fit in and, and who plays where and all of that, I mean, I guess you could put Seth Jarvis on the fourth line if you go out and get yourself, you know, uh, another winger. Uh, is that the best use of Seth Jarvis, especially with how he played in the playoffs last year? I don't know. Uh, you're you're way too uh, level-headed for uh, for this Corey Lavalette at Corey Lav on Twitter. Uh, you need to think more like a fan and be angry all the time. That's uh, just sure. my observation. Uh, Corey, man, I appreciate your time as always. Uh, I'll see you at the rink on Thursday for uh, Canes and the Flyers, and we'll have to uh, guess whether or not Tony D'Angelo is going to be in the lineup or not. Because I mean, who knows with John Tortorella as the head coach of the Flyers? I'll see you then, man. Take care. All right. Okay, buddy. Corey Lavalette.